0: Welcome to Good Enough Creative, a podcast for creative people. Hello again, my friend. I'm your host, Marie Green. And in today's bonus episode, I want to tackle a topic that's come up in so many of my conversations with creatives. I want to talk about having the confidence to share what you know even when you're not an expert, even if you're still learning it yourself. Teaching someone else the thing that you're learning is one of the best ways to expand your own knowledge. Have you ever heard of the protege effect? It's this psychological phenomenon that we are more likely to retain a working knowledge and a deeper understanding of something when we teach it to someone else. I think it can be easy to wait until you feel like you're an expert before you start to teach what you know to someone else. But I often encourage my students to add teaching to their learning process. And often it's met with a sort of bewildered and concerned look like, I can't teach that. What if they ask a question I don't know the answer to? I started teaching my friends how to knit when I was a preteen. My grandmother had asked me to sort of keep this art of knitting alive. She really believed that it was dying out and that we were probably the last two knitters. Little did either one of us know it was still alive and well, but I didn't personally know anyone else other than my grandmother, especially no one my age who knit. And I figured if I want to have friends who knit, I'm going to have to teach them how. As a child, you don't know what you don't know, so I didn't know there were special terms or techniques, different ways to hold your needles, I didn't know any of that. But I knew how to cast on and knit and purl and decrease and increase, and I knew how to make baby booties and Barbie clothes, and that was enough for me to teach my friends how to knit. Over the years, I taught more of my friends, and I shared new knowledge when I had it, And when they asked a question I didn't know, I either said, I don't know, or I did a little research so that I would know. Now, I'd never heard of the protege effect at that point in my life, but I can tell you from my own personal experience that jumping confidently, if not naively, into teaching the little amount I did know made me a more confident knitter. I didn't even know I should wait until I was further along in my journey. I think if no one tells you you can't do something, you just assume that you can. But teaching what you know or what you're learning helps you understand the process a little better too. And studies show that even pretending to teach what you know helps you retain the knowledge. Isn't that so cool? I love this. Now, before I go any further, you might be saying, look, Marie, I am not interested in teaching somebody how to do what I do. I just want to write. I don't want to teach it to someone else. And I get it. Sometimes the idea of teaching what you love to other people makes it sound like it'll take the fun out of it somehow. But this idea applies to all of us, whether we have an interest in teaching like as a job or we're just trying to improve our own skills. Teaching doesn't have to be formal. It can be sitting down with your neighbor's child to show them how to weave a hot pad. It can be offering a basic tie-dye workshop for the local YMCA and just doing it as a volunteer. It doesn't matter if you're doing it as a paid teacher, a volunteer, doing it on the fly, or starting your own business. The reality is, we're all in a position to share what we know more often than we might realize. So, I want to talk about five key reasons to share what you know, whether you are an expert or not. First, when you show someone else how to do something, it requires you to look more closely at the process. I used to work in a yarn store and customers would come in asking for help with their knitting and they would plop their project on the counter and show me their mistake and ask me to show them how to fix it. Now, before I could show them, I had to get acquainted with what they were making, look at their pattern, look at the stitches to see if I could figure out what went wrong. What I loved about that experience is it caused me to slow down a little bit and look at the process in a way that felt a little more technical since I wasn't the one making it. It's one thing to work on a project with your own muscle memory leading the way. Like we've talked about before on this podcast, when you do something you've done a million times, there's a lot you don't notice anymore. But when you stop to help someone else or show them how to do it, you get the opportunity to enjoy the mechanics and the nuances. I learned a lot by helping other people fix their mistakes, and that's one way we can share what we know, even if we're not an expert. You don't have to be a professional to be willing to help when someone gets stuck. Number two, when you teach others, even on the fly, with no plan, it pushes you to keep growing. There's a lot we take for granted once we become proficient at something. And if you're comfortable where you are, it can be easy to stop pushing yourself to learn or grow. You know what happens when you try and show someone else how to do a thing? I'll ask questions. They will try to do something that you've never seen anyone do before, and you'll have to think on your feet about whether or not that will even work. This makes me think of UI and UX, which might sound like something you've never heard before. And I realize this will seem like a tangent, but bear with me. So you may have heard these terms. I don't know, but unless you work in tech, you may not be familiar with what they mean. So UI Is the user interface. It's what you see when you open an app. It's how things are set up. It's what happens when you click on certain buttons. It's how the product was designed to work. UX, on the other hand, is the user experience. The app might be set up for you to use in a certain way, but you, the user, are going to use it in a way that works for you. And that means clicking buttons in sequences that the developers never considered in a million years. It means getting stuck in places and rabbit holes that they didn't know someone would get stuck in. You might think you know your stuff until you give it to someone else and watch them get lost. That process is very much like what happens when you teach what you know to someone. It seems all well and good in your mind, but it's only when you pass it on to someone else that you realize where you might have blind spots. Here's another example. I use a shipping program for my online business, and they recently completely overhauled their system so that now when I go in there, I cannot find anything. And I spent 30 minutes yesterday with their help desk trying to find one of the features that I use all the time. The help desk could not find it either. In the end, we all discovered together that the feature does not exist anymore. They removed it. Gee, thanks. Why? Because apparently they didn't think anyone was using it. So what does all of this have to do with teaching someone what you know? The best way to find out what you're overlooking or what you've missed or what you've taken for granted is to show someone else because other people's eyes will see things that you don't see. They'll ask questions you've never thought to ask. They'll get stuck in places you didn't even know someone could get stuck. And I love this because it means that when I teach someone and they get stuck, we get to work on being unstuck together. I might never have run into that otherwise, but now I'll know how to deal with it if it ever comes up again. Third, teaching what you know improves your own memory. So let's say you're taking a soap making class and you go home and you make a couple of batches and then you invite a friend over to make soap with you. As you do, you're showing the process, you're talking through the steps, you know, the usual. Even though you've only made soap a couple of times, you're not an expert, but by teaching what you've learned so far, you're going to have a far better recall of the information. When our brains have to work to retrieve information that we've learned, especially on the fly when we're not using notes, it creates quicker recall of that same information later on. If you want to remember what you're learning, teach it to someone else. Number four, sharing knowledge promotes connection. There's no better way to bond with someone than to spend time together on a shared interest. Teaching requires patience, good listening, and creativity. I have such fond memories of the people I've worked closely with, whether I was teaching something to them or they were teaching something to me. That connection means so much. And we get to do that when we show up feeling generous and willing to share what we know, even when we're not an expert. Last but not least, sharing what you know promotes a generosity of spirit. The kindness and generosity of sharing your knowledge and experience with others is an amazing way to foster more goodness in the world. We can be part of that rising tide that lifts all boats by showing up with a willing heart. Sharing your knowledge doesn't have to require a lot of time or energy, and it doesn't mean giving away your trade secrets. It's simply an opportunity to see a need and fill it, and you'll benefit yourself along the way. But better still, you don't have to be an expert or a professional to be generous with your knowledge. Every time you give a little something of yourself in the form of teaching another person, you deepen your own understanding, you create meaningful connection, and you perpetuate a cycle of giving. Teaching what we know is a way that we can be part of the change we wish to see in the world. What a gift. Speaking of gifts, thank you so much for being a subscriber and for your support of this podcast. You are a gift to me and I am so grateful. Until next time, my friend, you've got this.